Over the last few months, have you noticed any changes in your relationship? These have been anxious and difficult times. And when we are stressed, we either pull together or pull apart. All of us have only so much emotional resources. And when stressful situations like what's happening with COVID-19, civil unrest, unemployment problems, economic problems, and maybe even all the above, when these things arise, it takes a toll on all of us. The concept is called ego depletion. It comes from Daniel Siegel, and we're going to explain how it affects our relationships as well. Coping with some or all of these issues creates a drain and depletes us personally, but it also drains us emotionally or relationally. When you or your spouse is overwhelmed and your energy needs to be conserved, where does the energy come from? Well, if you have kids, it can't be taken away from them because they will not let that happen. The squeaky wheel always gets the grease. And if you work at home or outside of home, our jobs take precedence. We often deal with demanding times by taking from ourselves and, sadly, from our relationships. That's when, instead of pulling together, we begin to pull apart. Today, I want to talk about what to do when your relationship is being pulled apart by all the stress and anxiety of life. Hi, I'm Brett, your favorite shrink, and I am a licensed psychotherapist and the executive director of thegatheringofgoodpeople.com. We're a nonprofit dedicated to supporting your growth emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. We've created this new series called Anxious to address the anxieties that have been created by the coronavirus and the stress of life. Today in particular, I want to talk about anxiety and our relationships. The other day, I had a husband, the one of the husbands of the couple I see, text me. Hey, Thanks for all you did for us. I appreciate how much you supported our marriage, but it seems it's not going to work. Kate wants a divorce. She says she can't deal with the problems any longer. Wow, that was not the kind of message I wanted to see on a Saturday morning. So I text back asking, what's going on? Jake shared that they had a huge fight and she wanted a divorce. Well, I know they were on vacation, so I text back kind of my snarky attitude. Well, I am sure that's making your pal trip a little awkward. And Jake writes back, for sure. Uh, I told him not to give up and we would talk when they got back. 
Well, when they returned, things were a little bit better. She was not asking for a divorce, but the couple, they were a mess. All their skills were gone. She was blaming and shaming, and he was reacting, defending, and attacking. Well, what needed to happen? Did we need to go over all the old fights and rehash all their problems? They'd been in therapy for probably, oh, I think it probably maybe three months, four months. So we'd done quite a bit of work, and they had made a lot of progress. But now they're right here again, back back in their attacking, defending, and blaming. So, again, what did we need to do? Do we need to rehash all those issues one more time? Or maybe two more times? Or maybe ten more times? Ugh, I hope not. <laughs> no, all of those issues, they were discussed. What had happened is that the couple had forgotten. They had forgotten they loved each other. What was going on was not a communication problem, but a relationship, I would say, slash memory problem. They'd forgotten to feed the relationship. They forgot how, how much they loved each other. And they forgot to what I always talk about as assuming love. Instead, they were remembering all the negative. She was reliving all of the past 10 years. And he also was stuck in the past, reliving the conflicts that they had had um, just even more recently, over and over and over again. So what needed to happen was I needed to interrupt. I needed to interrupt their conflict. Uh, conflicts and interject the the new concept, the concept that we had been working on to help them remember love. See, what changed for both of them was, again, the stress, the stress that we talked about in the very beginning of this podcast. The relationship, like I said, they had been in therapy for probably three or four months and had made a lot of progress but what was recently going on was that just before they left for their trip to Lake Powell, he had gotten news that the job was doing layoffs and he it was going to be furloughed, I think was the technical term. He was going to be furloughed, which meant he was not going to be working or drawing a paycheck for a while, but he was not actually being fired. So that's kind of the context that got them set. And then they took off on this trip and didn't really deal with the issues, didn't really deal with the stress that was coming up. And instead, the stress started to leak out in the relationships. That's where the, the forgetting had come. They instead of focusing on what was going on in terms of the good things in the relationship, the negative things, the stress, the work, the COVID, all of that crudola that was happening in their lives was causing them to focus. Focus again in the wrong place. 
And, and she, when I started talking to her again, she was, you know, very much there. I, I remember, you know, I asked, you know, what's going on? Why, why are you guys back here again in this conflict? And she responded, I just can't let go. I just can't let go of how he's been treating me. I, I asked her, well, what do you mean? Well, he's been negative and ignoring me again. Well, I I thought the two of you guys were on vacation when this actually happened. And then Kate replied again. I'm still hurt from all these years that he's he, he's not been there. I, I'm not sure. I, I want to go backwards. He's he's changed before, and then he always went back to his old ways. So again, I just reflected back to Kate. So you want to hold on to the past because you're worried about the future. Well, there was silence in the room. And and I think, so I, you know, filled the silence, of course. I always kind of fill in the silence when it gets awkward. So I, I, I think the two of you are tired, stressed, and overwhelmed. And with both of, with that statement, both of them acknowledged that they were struggling. Well, there's a strange thing that happens when people get stressed. All of our good habits seem to go out the window. You ever, you ever notice that for yourself? As problems mount, we cut back on the very things that we need. We stop maybe exercising, or we stop sleeping as much, or maybe we start eating more junk food because it's easier and faster. Well, the same thing happens in our relationships. When two people tend to when two people get married, they tend to start treating their spouse in the same way that they treat themselves. What I mean by that is if you you drive yourself with stress or anger, then you will find yourself stressing out at your spouse. You'll push them in the same way. If you neglect yourself, like we just talked about, you'll find yourself neglecting the relationship. And that's exactly what was happening. As you take, stop taking care of yourself due to stress, anxiety of life, you will find that you, at the same time, start to neglect and stress out on your spouse. And again, that's exactly what was happening with these two. I got the text um, from them wanting to get a divorce the first day of their trip because it or because they were on the vacation, they couldn't actually divorce in that moment. So they had to spend the rest of the trip together. And by the end, things were a little bit better because they were spending time together. They were forced to spend time together by this trip. But 
in our session, when I finally got them in, I told them exactly what I believed was really happening. I told them, you guys forgot how much do you love each other. And because of the stress and anxiety of life, you started to focus on what you're angry about from the past. See, one of the principles that we preach a lot at our gatherings is that you are what you meditate on. And we need to shift where we meditate, what, we, what we're focusing on. Because what we focus on is what we get. And what these two were focusing on was all the negative. And I needed to help them refocus back on the positive. So, to break their mood and shift their attention, I gave them both a three-by-five card and asked them to write on the front of the card their favorite memories in the relationship. And then, on the back for them to list out as many things as they could that they loved about the other person. Now, I gave them probably way too much time to write. I think I even left the room to go fill my glass and maybe even go to the bathroom or something. I I wanted them to really sit and dwell on the positive concepts, the positive experiences, memories, thoughts, and feelings. I told them that, hey, if, if you guys need to, you can get up and walk around as well. But I gave them lots and lots and lots of time to focus on this. The goal, again, was to get them to meditate on the positive. Not simply, you know, just spend a second or two, but to sit on it for a while. And the longer and the stronger you meditate on any idea, good or bad, actually, the stronger that idea becomes. But this, um, and that's what I was doing with them, but, but I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't just leave them with this as a homework assignment. I mean, yeah, in some ways it would be better if they meditated all week on, you know, what they liked about each other or favorite memories. But you know what the truth is? They wouldn't have done it. If I just said, okay, I want you guys to do this as a homework because I didn't go, come back next week and let's report. <laughs> if they had done that, they would have forgot the assignment as soon as they left the office. Without the pressure of me sitting there and them feeling like their dollars are, are being eaten up by just sitting here, <laughs> I'm kind of using the money to my advantage. Um, it forced them. It really forced them to focus. And then once they did, once they got the list, I asked them to share them, to share their list. And, and I again, broke it up. I, I asked them to take turns each sharing a positive, and then the other would respond. And then the other would also share their positive. 
by alternating it back and forth, it slowed the process down even more and forced them to shift from speaker to listener and back again. This kept their attention maximized. Adding uh, to their situation, I asked them to look at each other in the eyes as they shared their thoughts and feelings. I probably should have asked them to touch, you know, at the same time, but I figured I was already kind of pushing my luck at that point. So we, we just settled with that. Well, any guesses what you think happened? Yeah, <laughs> by the end of their sharing, both of them were feeling connected. Nothing had changed. But, but what had changed was what they were meditating on, which in this case was meditating on each other. Instead of meditating on all the stress, anxiety, problems that they had going on in their life, which was getting them to again spin into this kind of fight or flight response, which they then took out on each other. I had them meditate on positives, particularly positives with each other. There's still a lot of negative in their life. There's still a lot going on with, with work furlough and all of that junky stuff. But I didn't want them to meditate on it. I didn't want that to consume them too, to become their entire focus, their, their entire life. I wanted them to remember, to remember and focus on each other. And in that exercise, in doing that, it helped them restore the relationship without having to change anything about the relationship because there was really nothing wrong they had been doing really well in therapy. And then COVID hit and stress hit and job furloughs and all of that kind of crazy stuff happened. But that didn't change the relationship. It just caused them to forget. It caused them to shift their focus onto the negative. And that negative, which was outside the relationship, poisoned the relationship because that's what they meditate on. So the exercise was simple. Just get them to refocus on each other, to help them pull together and not pull apart. Now, guess what your homework assignment is for this week? <laughs> yep. I want you to focus on someone you love. And I hope it's your intimate. But if you don't have a significant partner, then focus on someone you care about. Write out your favorite memories. Write out what you love about them. And then I want you to write them a letter, preferably by hand. And then mail it. Mail it out. There's actually quite a bit of research done with this exercise. Marty Seligman, who's kind of the father of positive psychology, suggests this exercise often. And it really helps people shift your mood, 
create happiness and positivity in your life, even in times of conflict or times of negativity. So that's your homework assignment this week. Write something positive. Write a letter, somebody you love. Write your favorite memories, favorite experiences. And then mail it to them, give it to them, hand it to them. I don't care. But I want you to share with them. Not for their benefit, but for yours. Again, this is Brett Williams, your favorite shrink. And thank you again for listening to Anxious. I also want you to go to our our website, thegatheringofgoodpeople.com. Check out our other resources there, as well as workshops and classes. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care.